episode 37 of beers in the lot this episode we got to talking about standings in the nhl across different divisions we talked about the importance or unimportance of coaching during the stanley cup playoffs and we briefly touched on some nhl memorabilia ideas and thoughts so let's get to it here we go all right all right let's do beer i have a feeling we're gonna be so off topic tonight oh my god hey man we need to Guess I'm the lone wolf on Team Can tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got these beautiful glasses now. I've been practicing my my pouring. It's a little better. That's only like that's only like a millimeter of head. It's not even enough head. I didn't even do yeah. it right. <laughs> did you have a Did you have a short bottle? No, it's not a pouring bottle. It's a Sam Adams. Oh, that's why. <laughs> What are you drinking? A Sam Adams what, Aaron? Out this of a, a pony Sam glass. Adams. <laughs> oh, yeah, a pony bottle. <laughs> this is a Sam Adams porch rocker. It's a lemon Rattler. It was really warm today. It's a Rattler kind of day. It, so, it is, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I went with. How about you, John? I am drinking from Vanish Brewery. This is a repeat for me because um, I saw individuals the other day, and I like the beer. It's grown on me a little bit. It's from Vanish Brewery. This is the way. It's a Mandalorian can art. If you're a fan of Star Wars or Mandalore, uh, Hoppy Imperial Pilsner from Vanish Brewery. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> Do you hold the dark sword? What is that? Dark is saber. The... Yeah, dark that's what saber. It is. Yeah. If you if you have that, you're the ruler of Mandalore. Moff Gideon had it, and now Din Djarin, the Mandalore. He has it. And yeah, but dragons, two. dragons are just too fantasy for you. Yeah, yeah dragons you suck. Yeah, you can't <laughs> deal with stuff. Lord of the Rings. But yeah. yeah, I don't do that. Hobbits and dragons and ice zombies and all that nonsense. Get out of here with that ish. <laughs> Good Lord. I don't buy that. Like closest thing I'll do to all that, like knights and stuff, it's uh, Monty Python. And holy grill, that's as close as I'll get. <laughs> that's, all that. that's a global exception. Anybody yeah. does my yeah. all right. We've already veered too off topic. Eric, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I have uh Attaboy's newest West Coast IPA, Badger Pocket. It is an excellent West Coast IPA if you're into those sort of things. Very good. Daniel. What do you have, sir? Do you have another treehouse? I do. Oh. I have a super vivid uh, by Treehouse Brewing. And uh, it looks like Picasso or somebody did the can art. Look at that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's like Picasso meets Alex Gray. <laughs> I-, I knew somebody was going to throw out another like famous painter, but I didn't well, know anybody else. Alex Gray's not that famous. He's only famous to Tool fans. Ah, yes. That's where I knew. I kind of knew that name, yeah. (laughs) I've been drinking the the Treehouse beer since since I came back from Massachusetts, and uh, it definitely ruined a lot of beers that I enjoyed previous. As it does. Yeah. So Gotta uh, get back. It's been pretty rough. (laughs) Gotta get more beers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Treehouse, those guys are so good. Yes. Like, yeah. Do you ever have that, like, there's a beer... Whether it's a seasonal beer from somebody, 
or just like a brewery that kind of like in your mind just changes everything. Like where you're kind of like, it, especially for seasonal beers, I kind of get that way. Like Trogues, Mad Elf Ale, like any other beer that comes out around Christmas, like I don't want it. Like I just specifically want that beer and that beer alone. Like Daniel, yeah. obviously Treehouse is that experience for you. You're I've yeah. yet to have anything. The Julius is like it. the best beer I've ever had. But but yeah, like John, you're talking about like a single beer from Trogues, right? Like Trogues makes good stuff, but like yeah. the Mad Elf at Christmas time, like that's a must have. Exactly. When, when you go to Treehouse, right, and you like they don't distribute or anything. Like you have to go to them, right? And, like the like the Shaolin and, Temple, you go there. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Except, yeah, except it's in Massachusetts. So yeah, but like, <laughs> so, but like you you go there and you get the beer, and it's everything they make is amazing. Everything. It's not like oh the the Christmas time one is really good, and then the springtime one is really good or whatever. Every single thing that they brew is like five star beer it's amazing yeah i'll have to make a pilgrimage i guess at some point up there yeah let me know absolutely yeah Yeah, i know road trip let's rent a u-haul yeah take aaron's van yeah how about some hockey there's hockey going on still about some hockey so i was looking at this the we were talking about the divisions and everything right so how some of the divisions seem like they're kind of unbalanced and whatnot. I think it's kind of telling that certain divisions have playoffs, like teams that already have playoff spots already locked up and other divisions don't some of the divisions, some of them you, you expect you like, we expect the East there's, there's, there's no playoff spots locked up in the East yet because it's too close. It's Thunderdome. I mean, there's like five, five ish teams that are just, six-ish teams that are they're really just all vying for those four spots and nobody's got them locked up but then you look at the west and the west has three teams already have their 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 tickets punched that's a very uneven division if you ask me but the most even in terms of like win percentages is actually the canada division the north division the teams up there have lower win percentages than the teams in the other divisions so remember how we were saying that we thought that the Canada division, I mean, we thought that maybe they're weak, but maybe they're more balanced. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to really pinpoint that. I mean, they're only playing each other, of course, but that definitely tells me that that division's a little more even than the others. And what do you guys think? Well, I'll, I'll chime in on the West and then I'll let Eric, I guess, and Danny kind of fight over the other ones. But the West, like, I think we all kind of figured out Vegas and Colorado, they're the class. Uh, not just of the West, but NHL. We we kind of knew that. LA, Anaheim, St. Louis, or not St. Louis, sorry, San Jose, we all kind of thought they're, I think everyone, everyone kind of expected that team not to really make a push for the playoffs, right? I, I don't right. think any of us thought. Arizona was that one wild card, right? Where you could kind of go, maybe they sneak in, maybe Minnesota too, to some extent, but I think that division, the way at least it's shaping up now, it's kind of how we all thought it would. I, I don't, there, there was no shockers to me. Minnesota's playing great. I mean, I, I don't think I pegged them to go to the playoffs. I actually think I may have 
picked Arizona instead. But uh, other than that, I mean, they're all pretty close. St. Louis and Arizona. But right. the other three teams, Minnesota, Colorado, Vegas, we kind of figured the top two teams, at least, they were going to be there. Right. But if you look at the points, Minnesota's one point behind Colorado. Like, it's close. They're they're playing, at least in their well, for the season, they're playing the same kind of level as Colorado is in terms of getting the wins. Yeah, I agree. Which I don't think we, we would have picked that. <laughs> but we also didn't factor in the Kirill factor, who has made that team exciting and has single-handedly willed them to some victories. So uh, we couldn't have foreseen that, obviously. But But yeah. Anaheim, San Jose, Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah I think, I think <laughs> we all kind of, yeah. Insert fart noise. So, so Danny, Danny, Eric, I'll let, I'll let one of you guys tackle the the Scotia North Division really quick, the Canadian Division. What do you What do you make of that? I'm I've been really surprised that Calgary has not been up there. Like, yeah, Calgary. Thought, you guys, you guys had Calgary pretty high. Yeah, yeah I, I thought I they were gonna. I thought they were gonna run, you know, with Toronto, and really, like for me, Edmonton in in that second spot is actually kind of surprising, because even before the season, beyond McDavid and Drysaddle, like they don't really have anything. I expected Calgary to be up there in that second spot. And Vancouver took a big step back. And yeah, right. And yeah. That, that was the other thing. I, I'm pretty sure uh I had the Canucks up there somewhere. And you know, they've had their issues with you know COVID uh pauses and and also they just they've underperformed, right? For me, Edmonton being in that second spot is a little bit of a surprise. They probably were going to make the top four, but I don't think they were going to be right behind. Like before this this season started, I didn't think they were going to be right behind Toronto. Now, the other thing too, right, is if you look at the standings right now, Toronto's sitting at 65 points. Edmonton is in second at 58 points. So clearly, you know, Toronto's the team coming out of that division. Toronto's played a couple more games, but it's it's only two, so it's not really yeah, that but big seven big. points worth of games. Seven right? points, like, yeah. Uh, I, th- I and, think we all called Toronto at the start, didn't we? I'm pretty sure, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that team is just so stacked. I mean, how could you not pick them to come out? And, of and so the other thing I look at when I look at the standings is the goal differentials. And Yeah, there's some weird outliers. So like Montreal's sitting at even at four. Um and then, you know, Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg, they're all plus uh in double digits. So that makes sense. So really, like that division, other than Calgary and, and Vancouver sort of underperforming, the way it sits right now, I think, you know, this far into the season, it should have been expected. Yeah. Um Look at the goal differentials in the West real quick. Yeah. Well, it, right. Vegas and, that's and Colorado thing, right? with plus 50. And yeah, it's Minnesota's plus 28 and everybody else is minus. Yeah. It's, it's two teams. Yeah. It's two, two teams, teams but, over there. Yeah. But also yeah. I, I, you could say whatever you want Vegas and Colorado for 
lack of a better cliche, you know, they're taking care of business. They're beating the teams they need to beat to make sure they're ready for the playoffs. Are they, are they working overtime? <laughs> I actually, I think, I actually think Vegas, I think, I, yeah, I want to, uh, they're putting the hard hat. Yeah. Lunch pills on. You missed uh, it, man. I know. It's, it's, a a song. Song. it's a song. Yeah. You missed it. <laughs> over my, over my down. I actually do think Vegas has a losing record or they're like two and three or something against Minnesota. I think Colorado's done a good job against them. I think Vegas is a game or two under hmm. Minnesota. But maybe but really, that's where Minnesota's got their points from then. Just just that well, one little uh, swing in the stats. Because if it is like three games or so that they dropped, then that's six points. That six point differential would put them much further back. Obviously, well, I, they'd be nowhere close to Colorado. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's a fact that Anaheim only has fourteen wins. You're right. It's just a, it's just a, I mean, a Vegas everybody's series. beating up on them. Everybody's yeah. beating up on Anaheim, but you know, well, <laughs> you know, the, the one team too, that's somehow shocking. I, I would say like we harped on the Buffalo a little bit, obviously I, I'm not, I'm not going to beat that horse, but uh, in the central division, Columbus is dead last. Didn't expect that one. No, that one. I think that that essentially means John Torrell after getting the most out of every single player that's walked through the those doors the last couple of years, the wheels have just fallen off yeah. completely. I mean, speaking of the central, I'm actually surprised to see Carolina up there uh, with the spot already locked up. Uh, Cause I haven't really heard much from them this season. Um, yeah. They've, they've quietly been very been quiet. Just yeah. tearing up that division. Yeah. In mean, Florida. Well, we were, we were surprised Florida's, to hear Florida yeah. was the best team in the NHL. Yeah, they're right behind them in ago, second but, place. Yeah, but now, yeah, now Carolina's even past but them. Look, and but got a look at games. that. But really, look at that division. Yeah, and and even before the season, I thought, and I'm pretty sure I said it on here that division was the weakest division mm-hmm. in the NHL going into the yeah. season. Right. So <clears throat> if Carolina wasn't in a playoff spot, there's a problem. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like people yeah, I mean, should be that division people has... should be looking at Rod Brindamore's job and like whatever, like yeah, because yeah, yeah. they have they they probably have one of the best uh, defense cores, the blue lines in the league. Maybe goaltending was a question. I Maybe still, it wasn't. That's a question uh, mark for me personally. And, and they they have a decent top six coming in. Uh, there was there was a question about secondary scoring. They're getting it. They've had guys come in and out for injury, and they're still putting up offense, and they're still winning games. So, you know, but again, like that division, I'm pretty sure I asked the question when we were doing like our predictions or whatever. Uh, I'm pretty sure I asked the question, like which division has Detroit and Chicago in it? Because that's, <laughs> Yeah. The weak, that's the weakest division. Yeah. You had two rebuilding, well, one and a half rebuilding teams in Detroit and, then, and Chicago. Yeah. And then you throw in Columbus and whatever. But yeah. Columbus, whatever happened there. Too, like, yeah. yeah. Dallas took a no, nosedive. Yeah. They took a little bit of a step back and they can't score goals this year. Partially, Sagan, I know, hasn't played a single game. I don't think he is going to play with the hip surgery he had, but it's kind of like all those problems that they had last season just reemerged this season. Like yeah. the bubble, everything that happened in the bubble where they were getting, you know, the timely goals, outstanding goaltending. The goaltending hasn't been much of the issue. Their issue has been goal scoring. 
And you would think with like some of the guys they have, that wouldn't be a problem. But for whatever reason, pucks aren't going in the net. Be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I mean, the East, we can talk about the East real quick, but it's thunder. There's five or six teams that are <laughs> still in the running for spots. I mean, yeah, it's nuts. Philly is not out of it yet, I don't believe, but they're, I mean, they've got an uphill battle to try to get ahead of. Talk about a teams, scumbag but. team that just ruined, like typical Flyers stuff. <laughs> like, oh, they're a cup favorite. They're going to do really well. Yada. And then they just murder everybody. <laughs> like, nope, we're going to be horrible. Well, like, yeah. it's because Carter Hart took a shit. Yeah. Where did like, he go? He, like, what happened to him? Yeah, I don't. I named my fantasy team after him, and my fantasy team <laughs> is doing as well as he is. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, because Philly started off all right, and then it just all like almost over the course of like two weeks, just took a nosedive. No, Not, nothing's gone right. <laughs> I mean, we look at a couple of the Ranger games where they put up like 10 goals each game on them and completely <laughs> ruined their goal differential. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, like Mika Zibanejad's next contract, whoever is negotiating that, like his agent, you know, is going to put those points in. Like Rangers management should say, like, we want to see his point totals and everything minus the Flyers games. Like we yeah. don't want to yeah. see, we don't want to see his point totals with the, the, the uh the Flyers game and funny Lafreniere still can't score in those games so I don't know like <laughs> first overall traffic <laughs> yeah they have the worst goals against in the league the absolute worst 177 goals against excellent uh, yeah good oh I mean <laughs> sorry I'm talking I'm talking Philadelphia Philadelphia yeah. has the worst goals yeah. in the league yeah, yeah. And, and we're yeah. saying good yeah that's yeah, good well, yeah well, you know what's you know what's nice though, guys. During our lifetimes, we have never seen the Flyers hoist the Stanley Cup. It looks like that's going to continue. So, that's right. We're all good. We're all good. People don't forget. Yeah. Take that gritty. <laughs> oh, hey, Philly lost again tonight. Oh, weird. To New Jersey. Whoa. <laughs> Brutal. The rich get richer. Nice. <laughs> the poor get richer. That's really what that is. They're horrible. <laughs> that Flyers team is just brutal. The poor get richer and the poor get poorer. That's yeah. exactly what happened there. I'm ready for this season to be over. Start the playoffs. Yeah, seriously. Vancouver has like four games after the last day of the year. Like I, Oh, because they were delayed off COVID? Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember who they play off the top of my head, but I don't, like if I was like Toronto or Montreal or Edmonton, I wouldn't want to play those games. Well, Why would you want to play those games? Because they're on your schedule. But they don't mean anything. Do they? They don't. Why would they if they already clinched the playoffs? Who do they spot? play? Hold on. Let's see. You said they play Montreal? Montreal's fighting well, for I, a spot. Well, yes. I'm trying to fend Cam- Calgary off. Yes. Yeah, they lost to Calgary or... Yeah, that's yeah Montreal won last night. Calgary, I, I don't think that's the or the nail in the coffin there, but it's it's close. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, Vancouver's games, if it's Montreal and Calgary and Winnipeg, they probably do care. They probably want to get those games played so they can get more points. Or at so least they have play, the opportunity to get more points. So the last day, or it looks like it's only two games because they compressed it. One's against Edmonton, one's against Calgary. 
So the Calgary one most likely won't mean much. The unless one, unless Montreal kind of Edmonton's only a point ahead of Winnipeg. So they may want those points too. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know if they're gonna catch Toronto for the first spot, but Montreal's gonna do anything in the playoffs if they make it. No, they'll they'll probably win the division now that you said that. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. You say you say that they're gonna be a pushover crap team, and then they have a Yarrow Halak who doesn't let any goals on 150 shots. Everything's like, everything's always the opposite in the playoffs. Yeah, like, everything's the opposite. Like <laughs> team like, Dallas Montreal. Yeah, Dallas can score. Oh. Montreal shows up. Like yeah. teams that have good special teams, you know, they have good PK, good power play. It goes to shit in the playoffs. Yep. Teams that are like score all these goals and get all these shots and shot attempts and all this shit, it all goes away in the playoffs. And then the other teams seemingly like rebound and like get the opposite of that. Like it's right. it's weird, man. Makes no sense. No. It's almost as if like the teams that do well in the regular season. It's like everybody actually figured it out, like why they're doing well and knows how to beat it. And they just sit on that info until the playoffs. Or, and then they or, use those weaknesses. They, they use the weaknesses that they found to win games or whatever. Who knows? Or it's the, the short series format, right? So you, you just got to win the four games in a series. So, like, it's a different style. So, you know, the, the teams that found success in the regular season, maybe whatever they were doing, you know, it doesn't work in, in those, you know, short seven game series format or whatever. Also, I just, it's just something weird about Stanley cup playoff hockey. It's almost like you have to will yourself to win. It's, it's really, it does. It's the seating doesn't almost doesn't matter. It's like once you get there, just get in. It's whichever right? team wants to win it more. Yeah. They'll win it. Yeah. And it's you can you can really see that in most series too. Like you can see a team that just wants it more. Yeah. And you can pretty clearly identify that by I don't know, when a team's up three games to something, then you can you can tell which team really wants it more. Well in in two, especially the playoffs, I think like I know Boudreaux always got so much slack for this, and I'll be honest, Dan Balsma, at least from my recollection, you know, he he had this problem too, where whatever they had during the regular season, it worked really well all the time. Nine times out of ten, worked every night. In the playoffs, they kind of figure it out in a short series how to shut it down, where maybe for ten games it would work, but these four to seven games, it's not going to give you anything and the coaching and coaching staff and i would even say players to some extent if you don't want to adapt and you consistently want to do the same stuff it doesn't work and that's why they say certain players you know they they get you to the dance and the other players get you through as in to win the stanley cup or get to the cup because their style or just the way they play in those tough areas when stuff gets shrunk down they they play better than in a normal normal season for whatever reason so you kind of said it there with the coaches like do do you think that it falls more on the coaches in the playoffs they have to change their systems maybe to something else that the other team is showing them i don't know 
I I kind of think that it's more on the players than on the coaches. Like, sure, there's adjustments to be made on, you know, like lineups and matchups and all that stuff. And that's that's all pure coaching, of course. But I think that it really boils down to what I said before about which team wants it more. And I think that it has to be the total team effort. You can't just have a couple guys that are like, I really want we really want to win this and you're trying to be leaders. It takes the fourth line guys and the guys in the press box just dying to get out there and get to those pucks in the corners and win the little battles like the guy it has to be the entire lineup and they all have to believe that they can take it all the way and if there's any doubt then i mean that's that's a missed puck battle or something like that and it could go the other way it could end up in your net and i think that it's it's just got to be pure belief and will and desire to win i think that's I, that's key i would definitely think coaching and players that analyze the game at a high level too like they see different looks that either goalie or defense grouping is doing something specific on a power player penalty kill or even on a breakout or something they they need to be able to process that at a high level and adjust on the fly and i think sure. coaching staffs too need to identify that in game there, there are little I, things I they change you have to to notice that like coaching especially like video coaches and that sort of thing Obviously, they're analyzing the crap out of their opponent and they're utilizing what they come up with in in the analysis to equip their players to be able to win in situations where they're seeing repetitive patterns or whatever. So if they find that, you know, this guy on the other side always does this when he's in this particular situation, well, if you can equip your players to 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 identify that and then know what to do and then be coached on what to do to counteract it or to, to spin it to their advantage, then yeah, obviously that's, that's, that's where coaching does come in. So, and maybe, maybe I undercut it when I was saying it before, but I think it's, it's everybody just has to be all in the same mindset that what I'm doing is going to get us to the cup. And that's coaching level down, even ownership. It's the whole org, the whole, everybody has to believe. I think that's really what, separates a cup winning team is willpower. Well, I think, I think this year is going to be particularly difficult. Like a lot of people say, you know, Oh, the travel's light, yada, yada with all that. But in the playoffs to get out of your division, to get to the semifinals, you have to beat a team or two teams that you've seen all year. Somehow you have to figure out something different to, to not only beat that team, but you have to figure out how to beat them four times while the coach, their coaching staff is doing the same thing. And yeah. then after those two series, you got to turn around and play another team who you have zero knowledge of how they play on ice level that yeah, against but, you. And yeah. then you got to do it again in the Stanley Cup final. That's going to be where, tough. Where do, where do coaches do their work in practice? And yeah. when, you're, when you're in a... They, They've been in sort of a compressed schedule during this season. They haven't had a lot of practice time. In the Stanley Cup playoffs, you don't have a lot of uh, down days where you just have practice days. You know, you're going every other day. Usually in the uh, the days in between where there's no game, you don't you have an optional skate, so they're not having full practices. So whatever the coaches are trying to get to the players it's going to be in you know video meetings 
or or whatever and yeah maybe you could pick out little details here and there like you know this is how the other team's going to break out or this is how we need to enter their zone or whatever it is uh but you're not going to be able to make big changes to what you were already doing because you can't practice like you're you're not going to have right. the whole you're not going to have the whole squad on the ice for a good bit of time to work on some things that you want to change and so i've always been of the mind that even in normal times in stanley cup playoffs like the coaches really are kind of out of it like they're setting the lineups and they're figuring out matchups and that's very important especially in a seven game series uh where you're seeing the same people and you're going to deploy your players uh against the other team's players in a very consistent fashion where it's almost you know if you look at forward lines it's almost like four games within a game yeah uh, but aside from that like they're not really doing a lot of like coaching because there's no there's no real practice time there's no there's no there's no time to teach on the ice and make adjustments right at you know? best you're going to see an assistant coach with an iPad saying here's what we did wrong on this last time we were on the power play or whatever like right and that's that's probably the extent of it i mean right in terms of teaching the players you can't do that in the playoffs really and, you don't want to change too much and in this situation where they've already seen some of these teams like seven, eight, nine times, depending on what division you're in. I like for me, the coaches are almost irrelevant because the players know. I mean, we yeah. like you know, like you yeah, see you the know same, how to play certain guys. You see the same people, you know what they're gonna do, right? We talked about it last week. Yeah. Yeah. So They've seen each other seven, eight, nine times now, depending on what division you're in. Uh, the coaches are almost irrelevant. Other than like, hey, I think this line matches really well against this one. And I'm the home team, so I get last change. <laughs> and so I'm going to match and, you know, do whatever I can. Like that, yeah. that's their role, I think, is going to be minimized. Right. And I I really do think it comes down to to will. I mean, yeah, goaltending is a big thing. It is big, yes. <laughs> Goaltending's massive. Again, it's still kind of weird with goaltending too. It's like all these goalies are pretty good. I mean, you put there's not many crappy goaltenders that get a start in Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, you don't eh. get there without good goaltending. Yes, it happens, but even <laughs> and still, the, well, no, in eh. the top, like <laughs> the top, the top four teams in each division, right? The top four teams in each division, they have a goaltender or a tandem that is playing somewhat decent. Like you, right. you don't, you don't get to a playoff spot with a goaltender that has, you know. Uh, a sub ninety save percentage, right? right. Like, and like you, 
You, and even you, if you do, then how many times have we seen a goalie who just performed like mad through a playoff run? Oh, absolutely. And then just disappeared during the yeah. regular season. Kadobin yeah, last happened, year. Kadobin, <laughs> Halak, Farlamov. I mean, there, there's that list is very, very long of goalies that have done this. But uh, I, I, I really think it comes down to who wants it more. And we've all had the benefit of seeing our team win a Stanley Cup. And I know in 2017 or 2016, less so in 2017, but still there. 2016, when the Pens won the Cup, they never, ever looked like they were going to lose. It was the whole way they looked like they were going to win it. Like never, ever like had any of the the heart palpitations like we did in 08 and 09. It was like, we just knew. I mean, the 09 Cup versus Detroit, we didn't know <laughs> because it was so evenly matched. And that's why it went to game seven. That's why it was a, a one goal differential with a, you know, Secret Service save at the end of the game. Like, it was that close. But both those teams wanted it that bad. I don't know. Just seems like that's that's the intangible that you can't put any stats on. What's Ovechkin's lower body injury, by the way? Did they release that yet? Or does anybody know what his lower body is? They're not gonna release that. But did you see anything? Like is it a <laughs> is it a knee, a foot? Anything? <laughs> Nothing? No. I saw some video of like him down in his home gym with his kid. And like the stick rack he has, like, oh, it's probably awesome. It's well, it's every stick he's ever used, like at least yeah. one. So they're like old CCM vectors and shit, like a bunch he of. He has warehouses, dude. like he has like sh- like an attic at his, his home in Russia or something that's like full of. Well, I think that's all, like he has I think, all of his shit. Yeah, yeah he has a I museum think, of his own shit. Yeah. That's like his dad's area, though. Doesn't his dad still? Well, lives? No, it's his area. Well, it's both then, but yeah. But he has like other player sticks too. Like he yeah, collects he, them from other players. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. He keeps all of that stuff. Like every single milestone stick or puck or whatever it is. <laughs> like he keeps all of that shit. I mean, why wouldn't you? If you played in the NHL, would there be a player you would ask for a stick from? Like currently? Just one player. All of them? Well, no shit. All of them. <laughs> There's one guy where if you're playing against him, you go like, Hey man, can I have a, a sign one stick? Guy? Just one guy currently. Oh man. Come on now. I got way more than one guy. Just one guy. Just one guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just curious. Uh one guy? Just one dude. Who knows? I can't choose any just of one them. guy. Any of them. <laughs> That's why it's tough. <laughs> I just ask everybody that I line up against, hey, can I have a stick after this game? They're gonna tell me no. <laughs> Well, no, I'm I'm saying, well, yeah, because you're a fourth liner or like a who guy you? that just no, takes. You're a guy who just takes warm up. No, my stick. No, they do that. Like I play with like, this stick. As a trainer, like they, <laughs> I need this stick. Yeah. If I if I was playing and I actually could ask, it would be like Crosby or Ovechkin. It'd have to be. As you said, one. Just one. You just yeah, said, I two said guys. one or or. Well, I would say McDavid, Crosby, or Ovechkin. Yeah, obviously. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry, that's a boring answer. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the guys I'd pick right now. That's the like, yeah, you get their stick, and then what? 
put it in my put on my wall. You have a museum of sticks. Yeah. You have a museum of stick. Yeah. (laughs) You have (laughs) one stick. 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 (laughs) A museum of stick. Come see museum of stick. Touche. Touche. Come see the stick. You guys know, like (laughs) the house stick. Yeah. We got bonsais, right? It's like that's the one you got. It's like shenanigans. I have a Zenite. I have a Zenite stick, and it's signed by all the '98 Caps uh, team. But like, I got it because a friend of my dad's had it, and give me this. Like, he was not really a hockey guy, so he knew that I was, so he gave it to my dad, and he gave it to me. But like, I don't go after that kind of stuff. Like, I don't. Damn. I have. I actually have a piece of hockey memorabilia i bought myself for my birthday it's arriving this week and yeah, what'd you get can't tell you i'll show you whose jock strap did on, you get man. i didn't get anyone's jock strap okay i bought it on the auction to benefit the hockey use hall that. of fame now we can't use that well you still can because you didn't Just say what it was up. it's cooler if i show you <laughs> is it like it's actually for me it is you, to me it's badass it's Lanny McDonald's mustache comb. <laughs> You're kind of close. Who <laughs> got the good fucker? It's the sign Jofa with Lanny, uh, whatever, something. Whatever. Yeah. No, because he used the uh, Makita. Nope. All right, whatever. Yeah, he used the rock climbing helmet. all right that'll do it for this episode thanks everybody for listening we'll catch you next week don't forget to check out beersinthelot.com for links to the discord and patreon and everything else we got going on be sure to follow us on our social media accounts and check out for the memes that john puts out every week for each episode and if you want a beers in the lot, koozie or pint glass, be sure to sign up on Patreon for the appropriate tier, and we can get you one of those. Shout out to our current Patreons. You guys rock. All right. Thanks again for listening. See you next week. <laughs>